What's up, guys? What's going on? This is Paul, and this is Pauline Theology's Daily Devo. We are on chapter 5, verse 3 through 32, and we are about to get into the new genealogy. So um, I want to preface this first off with I'm probably going to stop reading like a verse by verse because we're going to start getting into narrative and longer um, like longer verses that we're going to go through. And so just make sure that when I tell you to stop and read, if you haven't read yet, go ahead and stop the tape and check it out. Five, three through thirty two, because uh, we may not get into all the details. And if you have some questions about some of those things that we're going over, I may have skipped over. Then uh, you'll be able to see what they are and ask them to me. But I try and go over the most important prevalent things. There's so much that could be gone over in these scriptures, man. Genesis is just such a vast and uh, really good book. Uh, so far, I've been growing and, and learning. And man, it's been a- amazing to go through this myself, uh, learning just so much about who God is, his grace and his nature and stuff. And so one thing I was actually going over with with a buddy of mine as I've been hanging out with him, that's why I'm at a house instead of in my van, is that uh, we have been um, seeing the grace of God through this, even though it seems like destruction and judgment uh, all in the Old Testament. But we're finding in Genesis, man, that God's grace is abounding. And so it's just real cool to see different aspects of who God is through reading a story. But anyway, we got to jump on into it. Don't want to keep you guys too long. Genesis chapter 5, 3 through 32, as we are going to start this genealogy of Adam through the line of Seth. So if you haven't checked it out yet, you haven't read it, go ahead, stop the tape, see what it's about, then come back. And we will uh, go ahead and start if you have already read. So what's the author saying about um, what's going on here? Well, first off, we see a, a few major things that are going on in this genealogy. First, it's the, uh, uh, a genealogy that talks about the same things over and over and over. It says like uh, they had a son, um, and then it's usually the firstborn son. And after the son, it shows how many days that he lived and that he fathered sons and daughters. And then talks about um, the next thing is that he died at this age. And so one thing that we're seeing here is death. So death is still reigning. People are dying because of the sin of Adam. Now, we also see that God's grace is abounding because that's the first thing we see is that they are having children. They're having prodigies. I say prodigies. I mean progenies, but they are having uh, kids. Yeah, And so having kids born to them and it's carrying on the lineage. And we saw um, earlier in uh, a couple episodes ago, I think, that people began to call upon the name of the Lord. And that's through Enosh. That is the son of Seth. So Seth has a child and Enosh is the one who helps to continue to call upon the name of the Lord. And so we're seeing that this is a godly lineage. One thing that we notice is that uh, remember in the lineage or the genealogy of Cain, the seventh person was Lamech. And Lamech was like the epitome of sin as he has uh, gotten two wives and then he murders somebody and says he'll murder again. You know what I mean? He's like, doesn't matter. I'll slay him and sing songs about it. It's called the song of the sword. But in the seventh genealogy or generation of uh, this genealogy, we have Enoch. And if you don't know Enoch, he's one that did not um, did not die. He actually walked with God. And so it says that God took him. He was not for God took him. This is um, just the... Like I said, seven is the complete number or the perfect number. So what it's doing is showing like the epitome of Seth's line is godliness, is that the people of of Seth's lineage seek to worship God. And so much so that Enoch, it says that he walked with God. He walked with God. It's like a 
an intimate and um, an intimate and um, just a very close relationship that Enoch had with the Lord. And because of that, it said he took him. And um, we continue further along and we see also, we talked about how God is blessing. And we also talked about how there's still the judgment or weight of sin. And we further see that weight of sin as we go through all of the lineages and we finally get to Noah. And uh, Noah is actually named. And not only is he named, um, but he is talked about what his name means. His name means, uh, uh, it actually means rest. But Lamech, his, his father, which we could talk about that too. I just said Lamech over on the other um, genealogy of Cain was the epitome of evil. But Lamech has faith in God on the side of Seth because he names his child Noah rest. And he says from him rest will come. Or he says, uh, actually he says relent will come from the ground. Like it will be, uh, um, we'll have um, not rest, but peace uh, uh, from the ground. And that uh, he's hoping that this will happen through his son, Noah. It's it's a faith because we see already sin is still going on because what was the curse? The curse was that the ground would um, um, be very difficult to teal and to toil. And in anguish, we will work from it as men. And so now he's saying, man, through Noah is how we're going to find this. He's like, the curse is going to be lifted. We're going to be able to to rejoice. And I think it's maybe because he's thinking about the promise that was given to his great, 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 great grandma. You know what I'm saying? Where she said the seed, her seed would crush the seed of the serpent. And so he's like, man, maybe this is the guy. He's like, I'm going to name Noah because I believe that God will faithfully, that he will do what he said he would do in the destruction of evil and lift the curse and we'll be able to live good and peaceable. Um, sadly, it's not true, but it is a way in which the scripture, the guy who's writing this to his people is showing a new understanding of people because we know what's next, right? And the people who are reading this will find out what's next. And then as they read it, they know what's next too, is that the flood occurs and God destroys all the people and he starts over with Noah. And so the idea is that through Noah, that a new world will come. A new, a, a new place of, of uh, uh, righteousness will come. A new kingdom will come. But we find out it's not him. It's not him. It wasn't Adam. It wasn't Enosh. And it wasn't Noah. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And so um, we also want to talk about a little of the warrants, you know what I'm saying? Like these dudes living for a long time. <laughs> there could be some explanations for that. Uh, first off, it could be like the... The effects of sin had not totally taken place in which the body is being corrupted at a uh, exponential rate. Instead, it's slowly decaying as death happens through the uh, um, through the reign of sin. And then um, I think that's probably the, the most key is, is probably in that sense, because after the flood, we have not really very many people that live past the age of 100 in the scriptures. Um, but also... The idea that each of these generations are actually sons. So in um, ancient times, a son doesn't necessarily indicate one who was born from another. It could just be part of his prodigy, that it could be progeny. It could be that uh, it could be his great grandson. It could be his great great grandson. It could be his great 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 grandson. But it only um, reveals that the person that is talked about was actually in that line. And so like uh, when Seth has Enosh, 
Enosh doesn't necessarily have to be the son of Seth, but that Enosh is from the line of Seth. Now, Enosh is Seth's son, but uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be true for each generation that the writer talks about. And the reason I say that is because we talked about the creation of the earth and how long it is and how old it is and all these things. And a lot of people trace the age of the earth through these um, these genealogies of the age of these men that have been living. And that doesn't necessarily equate to be true because that is not in the nature of genealogies in the ancient times. And see, we see this because the genealogies that we're going to read through, we read through this one. We're going to read through one in chapter 11. There's a specific number that goes through these. We talk about one that's in the line of Jesus and Matthew and Luke. And we see one uh, further that's in the line of uh, David and, and, um, and Ruth. And then we see others uh, that are from priests. And, and, and they usually have 10, 10, not always, but they have 10 generations. And because these 10 generations, that's just a way in which they can mold the generations into a a specific standard or a system that people can understand kind of the history from which these people have come from. And definitely all of the generations, if you look at the one in uh, Ruth with David, those are not all the people that are um, fathers and sons in order to get to David. They have been skipping a few generations, but highlighted the important people or the people they thought that were necessary to be told. And in the same way, this could be the way in Genesis. I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying that we cannot assume that these are all just sons. That's why whenever you do your dating for your age of the earth, that this shouldn't come into play. I know I'm probably making enemies now, (laughs) but uh, I think it's important to recognize that that's not how we can date time. But we can just trust that that God is in control of all this time and that he's sovereign over it all. Anyway. Now, let's see, what does it say about God? Well, I think it shows that he's gracious. He's allowing man to continue on and to do the things that they do. He's allowing that image that he has given us to perpetuate through the sons and the daughters of Adam. Uh, it says uh, uh, that that he bore sons in his image and his likeness, and that, that guy was Seth. And Seth continues to do those things as he bears it in his image and likeness, as God has borne us Uh, by creating us in his image and his likeness. And so despite the sin that we have committed, God is gracious to allow us to continue to be image bearers and, um, um, and in his likeness. So we are still familial with God. We are still a family with God, but we are also still rulers and reigners as co-regents over this earth. God has still given us that responsibility and he still blessed us with subduing the earth as being a ruler and a reigner, but also multiplying the earth. And so the two things that he blessed us with, which he could have taken away because of the sin of Adam, he did not. He was gracious. And he's keeping his promise, too. There's always been a um, a remnant that God has prepared for himself. And Noah is that remnant. We know that uh, the flood happens and everybody is destroyed because of sin. But Noah, God sees Noah and has favor on him. And so we have a remnant that God is preserving for himself to keep. And that's the promise because he's got to be able to to do the thing that he said he was going to do as the head of the serpent will be crushed by the seed of the woman. And then he's an intimate God as well, man. He desires to be in relationship with uh, us. 
you can see that in the very thing that he does with Enoch, man. And because Enoch is is in such a great relationship with him, as they walk together, he is rewarded with with the absence of death. And so that's that's uh, uh, something that God desires with His people. And so think about what it would be if we were to just walk with God so so wonderfully hand to hand. What's this saying about man? Well, we're blessed, man. God has told us to fill the earth, multiply and subdue it, and He continues to tell us to do that despite the things that we, uh, despite the sin that we have committed on this world. He still allows us to do that. He's blessed us. Plus, I think we should hope in the promise of God. That's what it's saying about mankind as uh, Christians is that we should hope in the promise of God. As Seth's father Lamech declares that his son may be the one who reverses the curse. It's not so, but through the line it does as Noah's line ends up producing Christ who does reverse the curse. If we believe and trust in him, then we can have eternal life with him. And so he has an idea or a sense that there is a hope coming. And that's what we're supposed to be. Also, it's just mankind in general, man, is that that we're still uh, um, in the image of God, that we are all born in the image of God. And that should be our um, identity. As we see and we look at other people, as we look at ourselves, we should recognize that we are the image bearers of God. I think another thing it says about man is walking with God in intimacy. That's, that's, that's something that just cannot be overstated, is that we should just walk with God intimately because he desires to be intimate with us. Now, how can we apply these truths to our lives? Well, as we live, recognize the graciousness of God, rely that on his promises that he said he was going to reverse the curse, and trust that and live by it. And when I say trust that and live by it, that means that our actions are governed by that idea, meaning that we should be taking care of the land that we're on because it's going to be reversed and bring fruitful and wonderful things for us. It also means that we should be looking at people as uh, the identities of God, that they are images bearers of his, of his glory. And so we should be treating them as such. It means that as we walk this life, that we should uh, desire to be in a relationship with him, drawing close to him, knowing that we're going to get to walk with him forever, just like Enoch. That's what it means. And so as we apply these truths to our lives, man, let's carry that out. Take take a second today to think about the, the thing that God has said he would do, which is that he would reverse the curse. And then think about if I truly live and believe by that, how will I act? And then how am I acting? I appreciate you guys for listening, man. And we'll see you as we get into some Noah stuff, which is going to be insane. So let's uh, let's get down. Have a good day. God bless you guys. Mm-hmm.